Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What specifically would have bothered you? Do you mind if I ask that? But when someone asked you what TV show you want to go on next and you said The Bachelor. It's and then they said, aren't you in a relationship? And you said, when it's over. <laughs> that was like, okay, well, I now I look like an yeah. idiot. We spoke one day on the phone um, when we were apart and I told her everything. I was like, hey, like, I just want to, like, even things that she didn't even bring up. I was like, I just want to apologize for this. And then you got really angry at me and, and kicked me while I was down. And I wasn't happy. I did not. You did. You started making me cry on the phone. He cried because he was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just explained my point of view. Was this a story for you, Harry, of like, be careful what you wish for? Yes. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said, Hi there, lovers and friends. My name is Shamboodram. I talk about sex, love, and relationships for a living. On this podcast, we deep dive into the subtopics of this really important part of our life. And this episode is kind of a part two of sorts about dating in your 20s. We covered off on this six months ago on an episode called Dating in Your 20s is Trash. And that episode brought this soundbite, which technically inspired the part two that we're about to dive into. Everything in your life is trending for you to live the life you live right now. Yeah. You guys live, there's three dudes who live together. Yeah. It would be very difficult, I assume, to be in a monogamous, committed relationship based on the lifestyle you guys have. Mm -hmm. So are you expecting that one person to come in and make you want to make all those changes? Or do you have to mentally say, I'm going to make some changes? And then the person comes you're like, okay, cool. You actually fit my new life. She would probably have to come and then I would probably start making a little bit of changes. I find what people often make the mistake of doing in their 20s is they are waiting to meet the person, but they're not practicing the habits necessary to maintain a relationship with that person. So it's like me being like, I'm gonna, I want to be in the NBA, and then I never play basketball, and then I get an opportunity to be in the tryouts, and I wonder why I don't make it. Yeah. So you're not putting yourself in a position to be long-term partner material, to learn the habits necessary for that, and you're just hoping you're going to meet the right person and we'll all click into place. It just very rarely happens that way. To me, that clip perfectly describes the struggle, the push and pull dynamic that's happening during this decade where you wanna take the benefits of relationships, but you don't wanna give up what is traditionally required to be in one. You want access to sex. You want somebody good looking that you're attracted to to do cool stuff with. And you probably want someone in your corner, someone to be there for you during this decade, which is stressful, where many things are in flux. But you don't want the abilities that come with that the responsibility to that other person's feelings, the accountability to that person's expectations of you, and the agreeability, meaning the ability to put somebody else's happiness and needs over your own at times. And as a result of these two different worlds and different needs, what a lot of people end up doing is dating in their 20s, but in really shitty ways. They end up over-promising and under-delivering, lying, betraying, taking, 
trying any way possible to have their cake and eat it too without offering a slice of sanity or happiness to their partners. And as a result of that, a lot of experts just say, don't do it. Chill. You don't have to date or commit in your 20s. Take this time. Do you be free? So I actually researched stats on dating in your 20s and Not surprisingly, majority of the articles were just like, here's why you shouldn't do it. And this is a pretty good summary from The Cut. So The Cut says, why dating in your 20s is terrible. These years are extremely important. You're meant to be finding out who you are and building a foundation for the rest of your life. You do not want to get caught up in someone else's problems, triumphs, and failures. And through that, forget to experience your own. At the end of the day, your 20s are the years where you do you. Be selfish, have fun, and explore the world. And this is advice that many singles today are taking. Statistically, according to the PW Research Center, 50% of singles are taking this advice today because half of singles in America are not looking for a serious relationship during these single times. So there's that. But then there's also this other stat from the PW Research Center that states that most people, the average age of getting married is still 28 in America. So these people who are getting married during the decade that a lot of experts say you shouldn't even be dating or committing at all, are they getting something wrong or have they done something right? And there is arguments out there for why 28 or your late 20s might be the right time to start engaging in your first attempt at a meaningful long-term relationship. And that is because some researchers describe this as the sweet spot of meeting someone because two things are kind of happening between age 25 and 33. So at 25 years old, your brain is finally fully developed. Your prefrontal cortex is firing, kicking and running. And prior to that, you don't have what's known as high order function thinking. And high order function thinking allows you to make long-term decisions. Um, It allows you to assess risk more and to take responsibility for other people's feelings and needs above your own. That's why teenagers notoriously are selfish, risky, crazy ass motherfuckers. By 25, when you can rent a car, that should level out. However, at 33 or so, something else happens in the brain where plasticity, which is the ability to change, becomes a little bit more difficult. So for example, you might notice by around 30-ish or so, you stop wanting to hear new music. You wanna hear that old, old. You stop having a desire for new because you kinda have your shit going. Your habits, your playlists, your songs, your way of doing life. So meeting someone new and compromising during this time where you're kind of set in your ways can be difficult. So between 25 and 33, where your brain is developed and you know a lot more about who you are, but you're still open and interested to making changes to yourself, that might be the perfect time to meet a mate. But in order to do this, you have to do a really tricky balancing act because again, this is a very important, formative and conflicting decade of your life. So I have outlined three things I think if you can master the balance of, you can successfully date in your 20s. One. You gotta find the sweet spot between identity expectation and experimentation. An identity expectation is not just to the person you're dating, that also speaks to your family who had a lot more control of your life up until this decade and probably has certain expectations of you, your friends who see you in a certain way and expect you to uphold that reputation, and social media now even, and your partner. But with all these expectations, you also need to leave space for yourself to surprise yourself. 
and disappoint yourself and surprise and disappoint other people. So if you can successfully communicate to people to not be so beholden to who you are in this moment, to give you space, what I call blank pages. I think often what happens in relationships is we meet somebody we're like, oh, I know you, you're gonna do this next, this next, that next, you're gonna go here, happy ending, da 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 da, boom, book done. But we have to, especially during this decade, give that person the power of the pen and give that person the benefit of blank pages and say, surprise me. And I'm gonna remain curious to you because I know the best thing for you right now is to remain curious to yourself. Two. You gotta balance independence and inclusion. This was something that a psychologist gave to me that has helped me so much in my relationship, saying that if you can, in essence, Always keep in the back of your mind that we are constantly going through a spiral of wanting to be included and wanting to be independent. You are going to take so much things less personal from your partner and just have an easier time dealing with rejection, which is just a part of connecting with people. Even when you're in a committed relationship, these things happen. So if you can find a way to communicate to people when you are on a track of inclusion, you know, I need support, I need love, um, I want community right now and independence. Right now, I gotta do this for me. Right now, I have to step out, not um, against you, but away from you in order to come back to you in a way that feels more true to you, to me. I think if you can master a way to say that, you can get through 90% of arguments that happen in your 20s. Three. Dating with intention and dating with a destination in mind. And those are very different and people usually put them together. And so the difference is dating with intention is like, I'm dating in order to learn how to be a good long-term lover. Dating with destination is, I'm dating in order to get married. To put this in other terms, when you're learning how to drive, you don't get in the car and say, I'm going here. You get in the car and you say, I wanna have a safe and positive experience. I'm going to practice the skills and the rules and the habits necessary to one day go on a long destination. I'm not gonna make that my pathway right now. There's too much information I don't know. And furthermore, I'm not skilled enough to make that kind of prediction for myself. So with love, instead of coming into your 20s and dating each person, like we're gonna try to go for the long haul, instead have an intention for the kind of love and relationship you wanna have, the kind of partner you wanna be. If you end up there, great. But I think putting that pressure on in these early formidable learning years, it just, doesn't always go as cleanly as it should. Not that clean is the goal. Sometimes mess can be a part of the beautiful story. And that is a perfect tee up for the main guests of this episode. I wanna introduce you to Harry Jowsey and Georgia Hazarati, two on again, off again, mid twenties lovebirds in the midst of the battles that we just described. Harry and Georgia and myself all met on the Netflix show, Too Hot to Handle. I was a sex expert on that show and Harry was a retreat attendee or participant season one, and Georgia was on season three. So while they didn't meet on the show, they met because of the show, because Harry has a podcast called Tap In with Harry Jowsey, and he asked Georgia after her season had aired to come on as a guest. It's kind of when we met each other is when I realized how much we got along like we just instantly we laughed for like 15 minutes mm. before we even started filming his podcast we met on his podcast we just get each other's humor we can give it back to each other 
Now, I hope you recognize Harry's voice as a former guest on Lovers and Friends. When he was on back in the day, he was single and talking about his disappointments with dating in his early 20s and how he's ready for something real in his mid-20s. What made you really want a girlfriend in a relationship? I just think having a best friend and waking up and just having someone that wants to go do it, just to have someone in my corner and someone that can back me and support me and, and be, and I do the same for them. Then boom, just his fucking luck, which I'll talk about what I mean by that during our interview. Then comes Georgia. And Georgia is somebody who has the same background, career aspiration, sense of humor, and desire for real love in her 20s. So naturally, they start hanging out. They fall in love. They have a few rom-com-esque months together before things got a little bit too real, too heavy for Harry, and he chose to call things off. But... In classic 20-something style, a couple weeks after that, he made another really big call. You called me when I got back from New York because he saw me having an amazing time with my friends. Yeah. And yeah. was stalking me on all different forms. Of no, no, because <laughs> when you blocked one account, it blocks all my accounts. He was watching my stories from his dog's account. <laughs> no, <laughs> all my accounts were blocked. Brucey Jowsey was up on all my stories. All my accounts were blocked. You blocked well, him Well, I didn't know your dog could use Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Is that real? Yeah. yeah. For some reason, Instagram has this new thing where it says block all the accounts that's like connected to this one. So anyone under like emails or the numbers gets blocked. So he couldn't stalk me on anything. Yeah, it was so annoying. <laughs> I was making up a cat. So I was like, holy shit, like Instagram's got me here. And that's where they're at today. And if you're not really clear where that at is, don't worry. Neither are they. And I guess that's kind of the beauty of love in your 20s. Right? I did say kind of. um hey hey what up hey so you know how this came about i (laughs) just freaked out i'm in trouble how this came about is that um harry i feel like we're like i don't know if we're friends or you're like my son from a different life you know i'm definitely your son i have a connection with you And so I was like, I spoke with Harry a year ago almost now, mm. just about his love life and what he's manifesting. And then, boom, there comes all these beautiful posts with the two of you. <laughs> and I adored you from our season. We had oh. such a short interaction together, but obviously because of the work that you do, yeah. um, you're a midwife. Yes. And incredibly knowledgeable. Thank you. About the labia minora, majora, yeah. I, I the bark, the land, the clit, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> she was telling me last night. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know a few things. The clit and, like, the left flap. She's like, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what it's called. She started, like, <laughs> listing everything off. I was like, damn, you guys really had, like, a crazy interaction. <laughs> Georgia, get your shit off right now. Because they made it seem as if you didn't know. I know. It was like, well, I guess they probably want you to look like you don't know that much about your body. But we did have a really good conversation, which was sad that I didn't put it in. Because I've studied about my whole anatomy and everything for years, being a midwife and... I just kept putting wow. my hand up. And oh. I was giving everyone a chance, but no one stepped in. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I adore this girl. And you're so like sweet and nice. Thank and you. so when I saw you with Harry, I had mixed feelings because when we talked, <laughs> not for the reasons you think, but when we talked, it was like, I think what Harry requires is someone outside of his bubble. Yeah. yeah. And you couldn't be any more in the bubble. You yeah. guys came from the same fucking TV show. I know it's really weird. And we grew up like five hours from each other. Like same state. 
same country. So it's as it's bubbly really as it gets. Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's very similar. It's very bizarre. Yeah. But then you were, within this world, you were the one who didn't fit in. Like that Sesame Street game, one of these things doesn't belong. Like you didn't belong there. Yeah. That's why you didn't like find really anybody did. on your season. Like yeah. you're the too hot to handle archetype, but you're not the too hot to handle mental archetype. Yeah. Physically, like you Thank fit. You. But I think mentally, you didn't really fit in there. Yeah. So when I saw the two of you guys together, I was like, oh, Harry's with like another like hot influencer, you know, <laughs> kind of person. But yeah. it's Georgia, so it's really different and beautiful. And so then I let some time pass. I had a baby. And then I was like, I want to know about their relationship and I want to reconnect with you. So I DM'd you yourself and your manager and was like, have Harry and Georgia come on and talk about their bomb ass love. <laughs> And then they were like, about oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had me listen to the Nick podcast. Yeah. Um, and I did. And I was like, why did Harry have me listen to this? Oh, I just, yeah, I guess because there was a lot of people like, why did you guys break up? What's going on? There was like, because it was such a hectic time. So I'm like, if everyone, if people just listen to this, it'd be fine. Um, but it turns out that I didn't listen to anything that Nick said. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Because yeah. Nick was like, if you love and respect her, leave yeah. her alone. Right. <laughs> I think if you truly had a mutual breakup where you're both happy, I think the best thing my advice to do would be to respect that and respect her and actually not reach out even when you really want to. Damn. Um, I know. I, the advice that Nick gave was awesome, but it just, I'm, I'm a terrible listener. <laughs> That's really good that he acknowledges that. <laughs> I feel like you can say that because. But are you happy that advice. he ignored the advice? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think so because I feel like. Okay, let's just answer the question. What the fuck is going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we no, don't we're, know. We're kind of just hanging out, to see what happens. Like I feel like we're together without a label right now. Yeah, which is probably it's, stressful. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like nicer because there's so much less pressure. Yeah. Like I feel like when we're putting things online so often, there's so much input and that can sometimes be stressful. Yeah. Like people saying things all the time, us having to worry about what we post, mm. if it's going to hurt one another. Like Harry usually does post <laughs> some really <laughs> controversial things. So I don't know. It's just been yeah. like chill. We've been hanging out like kind of like the exact same. But yeah but i think this time it's been a little bit better because um we both sat down and listed things that the other person needs to work on yeah and then pros and cons um kind of what was going on what we need to do better and then what she needs in the relationship as well as what i need um and i think it's it's, it's been working a little bit better we almost got in a fight last night not really just because no. i didn't expect you guys to come today really really well i knew Harry would come because he's my son, but <laughs> oh my I God. didn't expect because when you're in that stage of reconciling, you yeah. have these ups and downs, right? Like, yeah, it's working really well. And then someone does something to trigger you. And then now yeah. you're not talking anymore and it's awkward. And so you're like, I'm not going to come. So I anticipated yeah. it would be very normal and reasonable for you to be like, oh, I'm not coming. Well, we've been going pretty well. I think since we've mm. like communicated a lot better, it's been easier because we're very similar and that's great, but sometimes it can be really hard because we're both very stubborn. Also, his like defense mechanism is to just like end the relationship. And like run away. So we'll like have a normal conversation just like this. And I'll be like, okay, I'm upset that you did that. He's like, you know what? Okay, we're done. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Now I can't ever talk to you about anything because <laughs> you'll just break up with me. <laughs> we're past that. But he's got better at that. <laughs> he hasn't broken up with me again yet. Not yet. <laughs> 
That's, That's probably why. why it's working so well. Yeah. Yeah. He can't yeah. break up with you. You're not together. not together. Right. <laughs> she took away your magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I did disagree with what Nick said about waiting to be in a relationship until you're ready to not be selfish or waiting until you get older. I did too. Mm. Tell me why you do. I think because the things you need to work on within a relationship can only kind of be done within a relationship. Unfortunate thing about love is that there is no low risk way to practice yeah. other than hurting people. Yeah. And it's the unfortunate part. And hurting people is also something you have to get into practice of doing, you know, seeing what it's like to break someone's heart and then know what that feels like. Pardon the interruption, but I do want to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, ZocDoc. Plus, I want to let you know, listen to the end of the episode because after Harry and Georgia, I answer your questions about dating in your 20s. My question is, how do I know that I've done enough healing or self-work in order to be ready to be in a partnership with someone else. All right, now I am thrilled to introduce you to the sponsor of this episode, ZocDoc, which is an incredible no-brainer, why did I not think of that service that just makes life easier and more optimal. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, doctors who take your insurance, and most importantly, doctors who are available when you need an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help you find the right doctor in your network and your neighborhood. And when you think about that, this is already what we're doing already in everything else in life. We need something, we go online, we do our research, we read reviews, and we make an informed decision. So why not do the same thing when it comes to your health and wellness, an area where you deserve the best and only you know what best means to you. So with ZocDoc, it's really as simple as, again, any other service that you already intuitively use on your phone. You go, you search, you read, you choose someone, and then you decide how to book an appointment. They can do remote, they can do in person. Again, it's really about what's best for you. And right now, your girl's feet are acting a little funky, so I'm using ZocDoc to find myself a fresh podiatrist for my funky feet. So if you got something funky in your life or you want to keep fresh, go to ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com. <laughs> Anybody else trying to do that 10 times fast, go to ZocDoc.com slash lovers. ZocDoc.com slash lovers and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Again, tongue twister one more time. That is ZocDoc.com slash lovers. Woo! Now, speaking of lovers, let's get back to Harry and Georgia. Uh, what was your impression of him before you met him? I kind of believed that he is exactly the way that he's perceived online, which I think he's got so many more layers to himself in real life. And he's just a lot different. Like, What's I don't the differences? Um, I do shit for a reaction. Yeah, very reaction, very dr dramatic, kind of like just a fuck boy, doesn't really have any emotions, not very deep, but in real life, he's like such an amazing person. And I think uh -huh. it's kind of sad because if you didn't meet him in real life, you wouldn't know that. You're complicated to me, Harry, in that way, because... <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> when people share so much, mm. it it loses the threshold of genuineness in a way. Yeah. Mm. Right? Because now it becomes like almost a show. Because yeah. you're expected to be entertaining in this particular facet of your life, you almost have to exaggerate. So mm. 
to a degree, it's like, oh, wow, this person's being very genuine. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, so you're like, yeah. okay, like I know a lot about you now, so I yeah. don't even know if I know anything about you at all. Yeah, there's moments that I'm like that with him as well because it's hard to like figure out what because you see some stuff online and then you see a different version kind of. It's hard to find out what is really Harry at times, but I'm getting to know that more. No, what specifically would have bothered you? Do you mind if I ask that? I think when he's asked questions about things and answers as if he's not in a relationship, which then people react to and say things like that they think I'm stupid, mm. which makes me sad because I know how our actual relationship is and I know he wants to be with me. So then it's like I don't want to look like an idiot. Because I, I care about what people think about me because I've been a midwife and I'm very, like, cautious of what I put out there. I think that it takes a lot of bravery to say that you care about what people think. Yeah, I do. Even if it's, like, portraying yourself in a completely different way than you are, you still care when people say things that make you, like, feel less than. It's still going to hurt as much as you pretend it doesn't. It does. You know what's fascinating actually with our conversation that we had and you spoke about how many sexual partners you've had. You've had how many sexual partners? Nearly 200. <laughs> and people were really negative. So you, angry at me. <laughs> but you DM'd me and you were really genuinely like, this is so mean. Yeah. And I was like, I thought that Harry would not care about this at all. It feels mm. like you would be <laughs> so past critiques, like, because it feels like it's, you know, to that extent of like, I'm so vulnerable and so open, mm. and I almost exaggerate because I know it'll get yeah. a reaction. Mm. And so when you get that reaction, I was surprised that you almost felt offended by it. Mm. Yeah, I think I was more upset because I, we had a very like genuine chat and I was very vulnerable. And like, I guess I think it was because that was the first time that I've ever like opened up about how many exactly people that I've been with. And, and yeah, I think because I left the, the conversation that we had feeling so good about it. And then I read the comments and everyone's angry. I was like, oh fuck. Like, <laughs> everyone's grumpy at me. And it was a learning curve for me because mm. that's also a part of getting to know not just who you think someone is based on what your algorithm shows you. Mm. Mm. Because my perception of who you want to be mm. is based on me seeing a video of you spitting on the camera while in the yeah, shower. See, that's what so, I mean. <laughs> that's that what I'm talking about. Is what <laughs> showed up, right? Like mm. I always <laughs> So, sure that was me. <laughs> yeah. I, I will never forget that video. It's probably, I, probably one of our other personalities. I just got spat on. <laughs> oh it was God. like a POV thing. It was like, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, yeah, you watch I, those roller coaster yes. you know, videos. It was like right It at was you. right there. Yeah, we can, I we can forget that too. it. Yeah, we can move on. That's what I mean. <laughs> next, next subject. That's what I mean by I had a very different image of him. Yeah, can I just say that too? Because I think I wondered if any of it was real mm. because you had this breakup, but then you were putting up videos of mm. Georgia that could either be very vulnerable and very beautiful yeah. or very much like, stay tuned till next week. Well, yeah, I, the, I felt like that. The, uh, the, the like breakup video that I posted, I want to show Georgia that I really care about her and I really love her. So I'm going to make like a fun montage because I want our audience to like, remember that we were like all the happy times, like all the fun stuff together. So that was my thought process. And for some reason, no one fucking talked me out of it. So like I tried. the two the two weeks <laughs> that I was like at home crying and oh, being- Oh, he told you I'm making this montage video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just really didn't want him to post it. One, because no, it was you, only you a few it. days. Yeah, but I asked you not to post it. I said, please don't post it. You said it. don't post it right now. I, yeah, because I think 
we were still processing and I didn't think it was the right time to add everyone's opinion in. Mm. What happened? Who did this? Did someone cheat? You know, it's not the time. Just go mm. and be with your thoughts, sit and reflect like you want to. I'll do the same. Let the dust settle. Then if you want to tell people we can, but I just felt like making a TikTok about it was just too much, too soon. I like sharing stuff with Harry, but at times it is a little bit difficult. But I love being able to post stuff of him and like put our relationship online. I do really like it. Yeah. At times it can be difficult, but mostly it's great. Yeah. Yeah, That's good that when we know what we that. yeah when we know where we are yeah we I, I think yeah. I think because like when I was younger I wish I had someone that would just like be op- like someone I could look up to that would just be open about everything like drugs relationships sex money like I, w- I want to continue just being open and honest but not as not as uh, vulgar as I was before because I think that well also like there's not really there's not much sex and dating going on it's just this right now so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're still having a lot of sex, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, not I feel like, like. Not like hoeing around. But for for yourself as well, because you're going into acting, I feel like that's mainly why you're changing it a little yeah, bit. It's not yeah. really because of this. It is to a degree, but like it's more t- towards your acting and stuff, right, as well. No. I thought it's because you want to like. No, serious no, I want to be more serious with this. <laughs> Would you rather him say that he's changing for himself or that he's changing for you? Himself. That's kind of why I led into that question because I don't want to, him to feel like I'm changing him. That's why I've also, in podcasts or in interviews, I've gone along with it or I've, you know, never, like, I don't really, rarely ever get upset about it there's been like one or two podcasts that I was like hey that was a little bit far when someone asked you what tv show you want to go on next and you said the bachelor and then they said aren't you in a relationship and you said when it's over (laughs) that was like okay well now I look like an idiot that's when it's more upsetting like I don't care if he talks about people he's been with I know he's been with people that's fine (laughs) I've been with people too and if people ask me I answer that so it's like it's no, not. she's actually never been with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's my first. Yeah. <laughs> when we talked, Harry, yeah. the thing for you was the women that I meet are superficial. Mm. They just care about money. Mm. And you wanted a best friend. You wanted somebody who was emotionally intelligent, somebody that your mom would get along with and somebody that you could integrate into your friend group. So we have like a really clear vision of that. So with this not working out the first try, go around, what did that teach you about what you actually need in a partner? This time around, I think that um, I was just so in my head about how much time and effort I need to give my businesses and like this new career and like studying and and all this stuff. And I kind of just got like so self-absorbed with being in my own head and like being focused on myself that I kind of didn't really listen to her when all she wanted to do was like hang out or like go somewhere or, or go like on a just on a date and it kind of I think when we we finished talking and I was like damn like I'm actually really fucking sad like I didn't think I would have been this upset about not having her around but I'm like really like really like te- I was terrible I was walking around crying all the time I wouldn't leave my house um and it was for my productivity, it was the worst thing ever because I was just wasn't doing anything. I'm like, I, I had to call things off to be more focused on business, and now I'm like way worse. Like I've lost, 
I've lost two weeks worth of work just because I've been here moping around and like eating shit food and not working out. So you ended the relationship? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we had um we had a bit of an it wasn't a it wasn't a big issue, but I just uh, long story short, I just wasn't giving her enough time and attention. Just yeah, I just I I saw her upset and I was like, okay, well, I seem to be. Uh, you were tired of being a disappointment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, because I'm a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> no, you're not. Was this a story for you, Harry, of like, be careful what you wish for? Yes, no, 100%, because I remember <laughs> when, when we were talking about it, and I was like, I need a best friend, I need all this stuff, and I was like, manifesting this person, like, up here, and then it happened, and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is actually going to take, like, a bit of effort. Like, I have to really think about this. It's not someone that's just going to, like, glow on the side of me and just be happy with, like, everything that I do. You had a vision for the kind of woman that you wanted to be with, but you hadn't actually put the work in to be in right. that kind of relationship. Right. So you had to make a lot of changes in order to get the Georgia. But you got the Georgia before you made the changes. Very true. And it didn't work. Yeah. So what happens now? So, yeah, I think from this point forward, it's just been more about like listening and understanding what she needs instead of going, this is what I need. And if you can't do it, then stay away. So I, I think it was just more of a more of a reflection that like, okay, like I need to be a man for her instead of a man for myself. So what I'm hearing is that you are willing to make a lot of big changes in a short amount of time to mm -hmm. try to accommodate and keep her in your life today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why are you laughing at me? Because <laughs> it's cute. Oh. No, I think he's, he's been very different since we've gotten back together. He's listened to a lot of things I've said. I'm a big fan of people trying again with relationships, but you have to come into it and let the old relationship die. Like that yeah. dynamic that the two of you had didn't work. No. But I think it's really hard to start again immediately Yeah. without it being mm. like, I'm actually coming into this a different person. Yeah. Or I have a whole different approach. And different is difficult when you've given no time or breathing room in between. Yeah. So what's going to be different for you, Georgia? Um, I think mainly the communication thing if I I was very hesitant to bring things up and then I would kind of internalize them and be indirectly upset which doesn't help um mainly because if I'd bring it up we'd have that kind of argument where he would be like okay it's done but it, he's been really good with that so now I feel more comfortable to talk about things so do you risk working on that while you're with her at the cost of possibly hurting her and ruining you the potential for you guys to have something down the line? Um, or do you take time by yourself and work and then try again when you know that you've made those changes? I think with, with Georgia, I even offered to, like, I was like, when I was, I was, I was throwing everything at her, I was like, let's go relationship counseling. Like I'll put in all the work. I'll do everything I can to make this right. She's just sitting there like, shut up. <laughs> but um, I think that the best thing about the time apart was, um, the amount of self-reflection. We spoke one day on the phone um, when we were apart and I told her everything. I was like, hey, like I just want to, like even things that she didn't even bring up, I was like, I just want to apologize for this. I want to apologize for this. I've been going through like the motions like mentally and and um, I just know I wasn't the best. And then you got really angry at me and, and kicked me while I was down and I wasn't happy. I did not. You did. You started making me cry on the phone. He cried because he was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just explained my point of view.
But well, yeah. I guess that's also like the awkward thing to yeah. say of like, yeah. I want to apologize for these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. This is all that I can emotionally handle right now. Mm. At yeah. a later time, if there's things that you want to bring up, let's discuss it. But these are the things that I've owned. And I just want to feel good about that yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. I think it was an emotional day and I didn't I didn't make it the situation better. I just yeah. made him feel more emotional. I was also upset because I was like, uh, did you do any reflection? You're like, I have been, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I was I was annoyed. In a lot of ways because I feel like we had such a meaningful relationship, what I perceived it to be so meaningful, and the way that it ended was extremely, like, sudden and we kind of were in this weird patch of, like, no one really had any answers and there wasn't really a reason why it ended. It was just, like, a conversation, like, okay, I can't make you happy. I seem to only make you upset, so, like, let's not be together. But that wasn't ever what I was trying to say. And I like to communicate things out a lot. Like if I'm feel feeling protective, a way. like he yeah. broke up with you and for protection, but it yeah. felt dismissive for you. Yes. And mm. I feel like because there was a few situations before that where we would have a conversation and Harry's defense mechanism is to be like, okay, let's not be together. And then it ended up being like that. I just kind of felt like it was so easy to throw away. But yeah. we're going to try again? Yeah. I Yeah, of course. But I feel like he has to ask me out. Because he never really asked me out the first time. We just, like, implied we were together. So this time he's going to have to ask me to be his girlfriend if it's going to be a real thing. Yeah, next year. <laughs> then that's when it happens <laughs> if I'm still around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> over the toxic love story? Yeah. Or is it still kind of fun? I think a little bit of toxicity is fun. Same. Like, it, it keeps things interesting. And I think that, to be honest, I feel like people that say they don't like it might be yeah. lying a little bit because I feel like there's a level or there's like a little bit of like that people are that you get some validation like the person's actually into you like if there's a bit of combativeness and it's a little bit toxic and then and then that person like fights for you like oh, okay cool they're actually into me like that's what I mean once you have the tools to explain it to each other you don't, you don't have to engage to do those games. yeah unless you like it I like to stress mm-hmm. her out yeah he likes I want to I want her to have gray hairs like Real soon, so I keep stressing out. No, I'm oh, I'll come soon if you keep going. No, yeah, I think you did like to do a little bit of that. Yeah, every now and then you just throw something out there, like I'm gonna put a video up of my ex, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, just wasn't randomly. my ex. Wasn't my ex. Oh, so I guess it's just stay tuned. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see you next month. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're working <laughs> Do I have some thoughts on that last comment? But before we go there, let's take care of a couple of items of business. Item number one, thank you. Thank you so, so deeply and so much to Harry and Georgia who came through to share their truth at a time where they weren't quite sure what that was. And that's what they do really well. They are authentic, they are real, and they're really entertaining. And if you are entertained and wanna know how their love story continues to evolve, Follow them on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Both of their first and last names, Harry Jowsey and Georgia Hasarati, are their handles. You can go to the show notes to click that. Um, oh, actually, fun fact, I want to share this from the end of our interview. So as I mentioned, they both met on a reality TV show that was about their life as singles. So I asked them if we were to follow along with their theoretical reality TV show about their life as a couple, what would we call that show? What would you name it? <laughs> I don't know. What would you name it? Um, well, we call each other Bronchi. Oh, yeah. One night we're in bed <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> something about, I just brought up, I you thought he had bronchitis. 
Yeah. And then we sh- I shortened it and said, oh, bronchi. And we, just, bronchi. we w- could not stop laughing for like 20 minutes. It's just the weirdest thing. So stupid. But then we kept calling each other bronchi. Now all his friends call me bronchi. They call him bronchi. Like, yeah. yeah. I hope that's not like the story because it feels like the bad cough that won't go away. But beyond the drama and the delights of the Bronchies, both Harry and Georgia respectively have incredible things happening in their life. Harry, as I mentioned, has his own podcast called Tap In with Harry Jowsey, and he also landed a deal with Spotify. Shout out to you, congrats to you, to host his own live show, Dating Harry Jowsey. There's a reason that he's amassed nearly 10 million fans across all social media platforms. So go to the links in the show notes to share in his successes. And speaking of success, Gotta shout out my girl, Georgia, whom again is a midwife turned model with over 2 million followers and lots of cool projects, including a huge campaign with her homie lover ex, Harry, um, and so much more on the horizon. So again, go to the show notes to tap to follow along with Georgia. Now, on to business item number two. I want to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, and also share some personal news that yesterday... I learned that my grandpa, or the person I referred to as grandpa growing up, passed away. And it has me reflecting on planning so that people's loved ones aren't completely lost after a huge loss of life. And that is why the sponsor of this episode is really timely for me in particular. So Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance provides valuable whole life insurance protection to help cover your final expenses. It can help with expenses like medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts. There's never an easy time or really a bad time to start thinking about ways to protect your family from the financial burden of your final expenses. So visit GerberLifeFamily.com to start learning more for you or for a loved one. So on that note, here's some really really good news that I'm happy to share. If you or someone you know is between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed with this policy regardless of your health history. There's no medical exams to complete or lengthy health questions to fill out, and premiums do not increase over time. The amount you pay when coverage begins is the same amount you're going to pay throughout the entire duration of your policy. Think about how incredible that is, how fast things can change, especially as we get older. So all you got to do is answer four easy questions to get your free personalized quote instantly by visiting GerberLifeFamily.com. See their website for terms and restrictions. And also you can see the show notes for direct easy access to that link because this process should be as easy as possible because it is a hard conversation. Okay, so that's in the show notes. And speaking of show, let's bring this baby home. And as promised, I'm gonna dig into the mailbag and see what questions you guys had for me. My question to you, Shan, is I am 25 and I know that eventually I would like to get married. Should I be going into dating, looking for my husband and all the things that I want in a husband? Or should I just be dating for fun? Yes, date with intention, date the kind of people that you could potentially be with long term. And yes, have fun and experiment. I feel like a big mistake that happens in dating is that 
people act like it's something really special and different. That, that the same logic that we use in other areas of our life to put ourselves in a position of success don't apply because dating is somehow magically, deliciously less strategic, and it's not. So, for example, with your career, you probably have identified an industry that you're interested in, but you're well aware that your first job may not be your dream job, your forever job, but you're in the right ballpark and you're trying different things based on the knowledge of where you think you're going to best fit. Um, and through that knowledge and directiveness, while you're still curious and open to new opportunities because you're trying to learn and grow and you also may not quite know where you want to land within your area of interest, you find your sweet spot. So I would say be clear about the top line type of person you want to be with, put yourself around that community and then have fun within it. My question is, how do I know that I've done enough healing or self-work in order to be ready to be in a partnership with someone else? Oh, what a good question. Cause it really touches upon a fault of our current self-help self-love culture. And that is that it promotes the idea that we are mangroves, that we are isolated islands, that we decide who we are and how we're going to be. And then we meet people and we apply those characteristics, traits, and that self-knowledge to someone else. But the real truth is we find out who we are by being around other people because we are social animals. And reciprocal determinism essentially means that there is no one set version of me. Me is different depending on who I'm interacting with. So my podcast community sees a very particular version of me. My husband sees a different version of me. My worst enemy sees a whole different version of me. That to be said, you can't prepare for a relationship that you're not in 100%. Can you absolutely do some work in removing some traumas or some limiting beliefs that you have for, to working on yourself, to enjoying your own company? Like, should you do those things? Absolutely. But to a degree, there's only so much you can do because you can't reach your partnered potential without a partner. I'm 27 in my late 20s and I am someone who doesn't have a ton of experience. Like I've never dated, never had sex, never even like held hands or been kissed before. And I am really insecure about that and insecure that I won't find anyone because I just don't know how to be a good partner. Like I won't be worth it. If you've been following me, then you know this because it's a sham booty classic. I believe that the best lovers romantically and sexually are tourists, not tour guides. In essence, you got to approach your partners with curiosity, with a deep desire to get to know them. And that becomes difficult when you have experience because ego can get in the way. Now it becomes less about, wow, show me around and more about, let me show you what I know. So when you don't have a lot of experience, it's actually a lot easier to approach things with curiosity. So I would flip your mentality from this being something negative to being something positive and give yourself some credit. Maybe you don't have work experience, but you definitely have learned experience. Heck, you listen to this podcast, so I know that you invest in learning about this. So lean into that as something you can be confident in. Um, but confidence should never overshadow curiosity. To me, actually, a truly confident person is somebody who is also curious, which it just sounds like you to a T that I'm describing. So pop your shit off and 
be confident. I think you're going to be a bomb ass lover to whoever is lucky enough to experience you when you're ready to indulge in those kind of experiences. I'm 24. Typically, I go on a few dates throughout the year, but get very nervous throughout the entire process. I've had situations where I've run away quite literally and figuratively. As I enter my mid-20s, I'm nervous that if I continue this pattern, I will never find a committed partner long-term. Any advice for what I can do here to overcome my nervousness? Sounds to me like you gotta date uglier people. And that's not a knock against ugly people because there's no such thing as ugly people because this is a self-defined term. What's ugly to you is different from what's ugly to me. What I'm really trying to say though is, listener, you have to date people who you don't feel lucky to be around. People who you're like, they should feel lucky to be with me. And that's all about mental perception. But you got to lower the stakes of these dating environments. I think what's happening is that you're around people where the stakes are high and their opinion of you really matters, but your self-confidence is low and your perception of your skill set is low. So mixed together, it's just creating an overwhelmingly anxious scenario in which you're crashing and burning. So if you lowered the stakes and practiced in environments where you felt less attached to the outcome, you might find yourself getting that experience, getting that confidence, getting that sauce that leads you down the line to being able to approach dates that you feel lucky to be around or equal to be around with a lot more ease. Or maybe when you're on one of these dates with a person that you perceive that you are out of their league, respectfully, you might find that this game is more your speed, that this kind of person you know, who has attributes that you didn't prioritize in the same way that you are overhyping the people or making you nervous is more your flow. I often say a huge mistake people make in dating is they focus so much on who they want the other person to be versus who they want to show up as in relationships. Meaning instead of looking for somebody who's super cool, find somebody who makes you feel cool, who makes you love yourself more. A good love story, as I mentioned, makes you fall in love with yourself more. And on that note, we got to end this episode because the mosquitoes are coming out and I'm getting bitten up. My boobs are filled up with milk and there's so many great questions I didn't get to. But if you enjoyed this, did you enjoy this? I know the Q&A thing, you know, the mailbag stuff, a lot of podcasts do it. And unless the questions are directly related to you, sometimes it can feel tiresome. But if you found this energizing and you enjoyed this, let me know. And where you can let me know is in the rate and review section on Apple or Spotify. I always read those to keep up to date with what you guys like, what you want to see more of when it comes to the show. It's also a great place to advocate for the show because that little five star or three stars, whatever the heck you want to give this show, communicates to the world that there is an engaged audience with this podcast and that communication goes a really long way when it comes to booking guests and beyond so thank you so much to the guests georgia and harry and thank you to you as always and i hope to talk with you next week bye lovers and friends, lovers and friends. i'm gonna take you on a trip baby i don't pretend i say lovers and friends uh, i'm gonna hold you down down to the end i say With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. 
LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 